Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Fitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Lutz from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for a wonderful episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, the Bucketorium, beautiful Sherrard, Illinois. This is episode number 187. Oh my God, that's a lot of episodes. Good grief, boatload. Oh man, a boatload, a yacht load at this point. That is a whole lot. <laughs> 187 <laughs> times we've uh, been on your uh, on your car radio. Maybe more. Who knows? But uh, we uh, love doing this each and every week. The realest bow hunting podcast to ever be recorded in Sherrard, Illinois. Mm-hmm. I am Steve. Kurt here, and Eric. Doug's here too. Douglas. Hey, how's it going? The fur, the fur, the furry mustache. Well. Guys, it's late season. How you feeling? Mm, few and far between, but good for the times I do hunt, if that, if that makes sense. It's almost Christmas, which means a couple extra days off to get out there and uh, get it done. See, now, what you want to do is you want to uh, have a front-facing camera and, <laughs> and get it done that way. <laughs> that <is laughs> and tell right. people how to get it done, but uh, not doing it yourself. But, anywho. I think we should start this episode with a vet shout-out. We and so should. So we'll cut right in and have Steve do the vet shout-out here. 
All right, so the vet shout-out this week is going to be Sean. Oh, man, I'm going to butcher your name, buddy. Sobluck. Uh, 0331 Machine Gunner, United States Marine Corps. Uh, your buddy Jacob Gish let us know to shout you out. So I think if we butcher someone's name, we'll just tell them who sent us. Yeah. Uh, so they know. But uh, Oh, coming soon, we are doing a Heroes Hunting, which our buddies, and I'm not meaning to cut off the vet shout. I want no, you to you. cut back into this. I'm going to make a form on the website for vet shout so you can submit them there. For sure. So um, we're going to do that, dude. We love our vets, Sean, especially you. Thank you for your service service to this country. We could not do this podcast without you. Thank you, sir. And Thank uh, you. any and talk to you. every vet, uh, man, we love you guys to death, dude. Send us in, send us your story. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to shout your name out, and man, we just love your vet. We love our vets. I don't know what I, I don't know why I'm keep rambling on that, but I just love the guys so much. You know, it's you're doing these guys do so much. So uh, anyway, yeah. Look if you out, have a vet yeah. shout out, look. I'll, we'll make tag. an announcement. Yeah, we'll make an announcement when we do that. But uh, send them in via email, Facebook, Instagram, anything. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for your service, man. We really appreciate it. Hope you're having a good season if you're a bow hunter. Moving right along. <laughs> nice. Um, this episode is brought to you. We're going to kind of cut it right into it here. This episode is brought to you by Sin Crusher, HHA, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Um, new to support the show is Rattler Grips. We all have our custom Rattler Grips getting ready to go on our bows. Awesome. Engraved, one-of-a-kind type of grips. Um, but mainly this show is going to be, this particular episode is brought to you by Elite Archery. Um, Darren Christianberry's back in the house. So mm. go figure. And... Uh, <laughs> It's oh, Darren is my favorite person in archery. We say it every time he's on. Love the guy, and uh, so it's it's always a, a treat to get to talk to him. He's always just like, yeah, let's record, let's do it. And he's busy right now. There's new bows coming out, and he's all over the place. So four brand new bows. So this is going to be a uh, 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 we're going to talk a lot about the new uh, new bows that Elite has. So I mean, you guys are going to want to stay tuned for this episode. It's going to be awesome. We might try to sprinkle some hunting in there, but four brand new bows, man, it's going to take a while to get to this. And Absolutely. a couple other things that Elite's doing that we think is cool that we want to uh, tell you guys about. So it's turning into gear year. All the new stuff is coming back out mm-hmm. or coming back out, coming out. Facts. Facts. And, uh, you know, new bows, new equipment, new everything. This is like bow hunters and hunters like to tinker with shit. So Facts. this is the time when this is uh, all happening. It's exciting. Call it like ATA season because that's when all the new shit comes out. Yep. Facts. AKA. I'm not going to do that whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> also known as you're broke again season. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They got tax returns. I, I think that's why they do it, dude. They do when tax returns come out. They put all the new shit that's out. That's true. So I never, like, here you go. I never thought of it that way, but that's It's that's brilliant true. marketing. It is true. So we'll, we'll get Darren on and hope you guys enjoy. We love you. All right, on the podcast with us, and we are as surprised as uh, you all are that he decided to come back. The nicest man in archery, the legend, Darren Christianberry. Darren, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. Really, thank you for coming back. We didn't think it ever happened again. <laughs> no problem. We'll, we'll see if we can get six listeners this time. It'll be great. <laughs> hey, man, it'll be uh, six more than last time, right? <laughs> <laughs> What's been up, man, since last time we talked to you? I know last time we talked about, like, 3D archery and judging distance and all that. I mean, Hell, I, I can't remember it was that long ago. I know it. But what's new? Yeah, I mean, time flies. I mean, we finished up 3D season in August. Um, you know, end of August, 1st of September, just kind of wind down with things and just focus on work. And then, you know, October, November, you get ramped up for deer season, you know, <clears throat> fill your tags if you can, and now we're hammered down with new product launches new bows 
uh, new jerseys, new shooting schedules, flights, hotels, ATA show. Just, I mean, it's, I mean, we're crazy busy right now. So, um, I don't know where time goes. I mean, we get done with the ATA show and you think, sweet, 3D season's here. And next thing you know, 3D season's over and ATA show's back. It's just a vicious <laughs> How'd your uh, 3D season go this last year? Actually, pretty good. I mean, uh, I, I don't practice like I used to. And these, this new job, which I took, you know, as the pro staff coordinator for TOG, uh, I took that in May. And that freed me up quite a bit. So I had, I had a pretty good showing. I finished second at Foley, um, third at Texas maybe, finished fourth at the ASA Classic, had several top tens, and was really happy. You know, I want to win. I'm still competitive, and I've got that desire. I just don't know with as young and as good as some of these punks are, I don't know if I have enough time <laughs> to practice. Do you find that, like, if you don't practice enough? Oh, sorry, Darren, I think you're cutting out there, but do you find if you don't practice enough, do you feel, like, guilty or, like, really unprepared going in, or, or just with your experience and everything, do you feel confident in that you can pull it off, or what's... Yeah. You know, year, years ago, I used to shoot arrows just to shoot arrows. I mean, I thought, oh, if I shot seven hours a day, sweet, I practiced for seven hours. Really felt like I'd done something. But now I can get more done in seven arrows than I could in seven hours 15 years ago. You know, it's just wow. quality practice and knowing what to practice, what to look for, and if things are working, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and I, I take that mentality. But I love to practice, too. So, you know, setting out targets and just judging and shooting – but being at home and practicing at home all the time, there's a lot of distractions, mowing grass, cutting wood, uh, you know, honeydew lists, just things like that. So <laughs> I just I don't find I put as much time in, but the time I do put in, I feel like it's quality time. Do you think that uh, – I was talking to someone the other day about this. Do you think it's possible in archery? Because I don't know if you would agree that archery is just as much a mental game as, as it is anything else. Um do you think that sometimes too much practice is at fault because you can mentally break yourself down? Sure, and you start you start looking for problems that don't exist. Um, you know, if you just shoot, 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 and things aren't working great, I, if, if things aren't going good for me, I put it down. I go find something else to do. You know, if I go out there and things are clicking, um, I love to shoot. If I'm shooting good, I want to shoot a lot to reinforce all those positive good habits. Mm-hmm. Um, if things aren't working, I don't want to start you know, struggling with my shot sequence and struggling with my shot timing and find out why I'm hitting a little bit left or a little bit right. I mean, there may not even be an issue. Our bodies change each day, and some days are better than others. It's just a fact. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, if it's going smooth, I shoot the crap out of it. And if it's not going good, I go watch Big Bang Theory or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I did not uh, peg you for a Big Bang Theory fan. Uh, I am a well, Big Bang Theory fan, too. Great show. Great show. I, love, I, have a, uh, I have a TV and a DVD player out in my garage slash man cave slash indoor archery range. And while I'm practicing... I have uh, nine of I have nine of the ten seasons, or maybe nine of the eleven seasons, and that's what I watch the whole time I'm shooting my bow is Big Bang Theory. Interesting. Well, now that's so, the key to man, things. Every, every time we get them in, we have Bazinga. So it's <laughs> it's make sure you guys, if you want to, uh, this is how Darren's going to start his apprenticeship program uh, for all you youngsters. Uh, the first thing you do is uh, get Big Bang Theory on DVD and uh, a bag of Nutter Butters. You'd be yep. good to go. Yep. That's a win-win that's a combination right there. See, that's funny that you say that, you know, like, 
I, I asked that question earlier because I shot my bow like when I shoot during season. I shoot, and if I'm all on, I put it back down because I don't want to lose confidence, especially like it with hunting. Is I feel like it's super important to feel confident in your equipment and stuff. So I try not to shoot until I'm fatigued, like to an extreme point during hunting season, because I feel like you it breaks you down mentally. And I don't know if that's something you agree with or if you have a tip for bow hunters out there for something like that. Yeah, I mean, I for for bow hunters it can be different because they're in most cases they're seasonal. You know, I know a lot of guys that don't touch their bow from November to October. You know, they get it out maybe July Fourth weekend seems to be the kickoff, and they shoot a couple rounds and go through a couple local three Ds. But you know, for a guy like me or guys that you know, participate in indoor leagues or three D leagues, they're I don't think they have to practice as much because they're so used to that repetition and muscle memory. For a bow hunter that gets his bow out every 10 months, I think he probably would struggle more. You know, it feels weird. It feels strange. Something's not right. My my drawings feel too short. My drawings feel too long. And they don't know what they're looking for. Where shoot more often automatically knows, man, you know, this is weird. Or I'm just whatever. He can pinpoint the problem quicker, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. It's I just can't. I always think about the mental aspect of things, and that's what really eats me alive internally with archery. And and I, uh, Darren, I'll have you know, I just got an E thirty five, a bright green, fancy E thirty five for shooting three uh, D or whatever I'm going to do with it. I'm going to slowly dip my toes into the three D target world, and I'm a little scared because I feel like mentally I'm kind of weak when it comes to archery, and I feel like that's my biggest fault. Well, that's that's everybody's fault. I mean, that's what separates everybody. That's what separates the whole field because some of the young archers, even internationally, uh, the U.S. archers used to dominate target archery. I mean, it was harder to make a USA team, World Cup or World Team, than it was to win an international event. And I'm not saying that negative or disrespecting anybody in any way, shape, or form. That just used to be the way it seemed, you know, if you could beat Rio and Brayden Gallantine and Jesse Broadwater, holy crap, you know, they were usually going to be the usual suspects on the podium. So, but now mm-hmm. we've got Stephen Hinton, Mikey Schlosser. I mean, you just name it. They've, they've raised the bar. It's a whole different level. And people in their backyard, there's a thousand people that can shoot a 900 Vegas round, shoot 90 arrows without missing the 10. There's a thousand of them. But you take those thousand guys to Vegas, put 75 grand on the line and Four or five thousand people watching. There's sixteen or eighteen of them that have the strong mental game to do that nine hundred again. And right. that's what separates the guy. So it separates the elite from you know. That's a, a pun that I, a, a pun I didn't mean to make. I see what you did there. But you know, it's just like anything. Like uh, I'm a big fan of like the mixed martial arts fighting. You can tell there's like the top five guys in the world that just handle pressure differently, and they look at home under that pressure, which. It's in every sure. sport has those athletes. And Absolutely. To think like, you know, I love shooting my bow. And, you know, Darren, I can't imagine what it's got to be like to be – because you're in the mix with those guys, man. You won't you won't say that you're one of the best, but you are. And I can't imagine what that's got to be like. Well, and and I think you – I think you almost – you take it for granted. But, you know, it's been a lifelong adventure for me pretty much. I mean, my, my teens and my early 20s is – late teens, early 20s is when I started shooting. You know, I'm competing against guys now that are 20 years old. They've been shooting their whole life. Um, I'd give anything if I could go back and start younger than I did. But also, 
you know, these guys are starting when technology is as advanced as it's ever been. So it's mm-hmm. easier. Information's easier to get. You know, mm-hmm. we were shooting, we were shooting big long limb bows with nine inch brace heights, forty four inches axle to axle steel <laughs> cable steels. You know, if you shot a three hundred with fifty five X's, you were king. Now, if you don't shoot sixty, you're like not even in the mix. You it, know, so it's right. it's completely changed. Isn't that something? And it, it is weird how like how you brought up you know mixed martial arts because back in the day, you know, when they were first starting, you know, now it's like you got guys that are just like it was a bar brawl then. Yeah, it was a bar brawl. You know, it almost sounds like it was the same thing back when, uh, back when you were, you know, shooting first starting. But yeah, it's just always weird to me to see where technology goes and um, you know, just to see how good people get with access to information and technology. And I mean, you know, I, I think it, it's a very very good thing because it does get more people out there interested in it because it's like hey man if it's if it's a little bit easier to do and i can find myself doing it more and more and i'm getting better and it's you know it's it's a difficult thing but yeah it's it's just a positive positive deal you know yeah it's confidence and it is it's confidence and a positive attitude and and i'm my own worst enemy and i'll admit that and a lot of people probably won't because they're too proud but i'm pretty realistic about it but a 20-yard indoor archery game, how hard is it? It's a piece of paper at 20 yards. You, The bows are so good now. If you draw them back and don't interrupt it, it'll shoot in the exact same hole every single time. So you draw it back, you put your pin in the middle, and you make a perfect shot. That's how hard that game is. But the mental aspect is what separates everybody because you start thinking about your score. You start thinking about the money. You start thinking – you know, hope I don't miss. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to miss. You know, so it's right. such a it's such a fine line. But it's it's the you know the big picture is it's not a hard game. We make it hard because of our mental traits or how we approach our games mentally. Do you ever think, Darren, that we will either the equipment will be too good or mentally as the sport goes on that'll get to the point where it's almost like there isn't competition because everyone is shooting so good that it's hard to even like, you know, decide who's winning or losing. Like, do you, I don't know that that might be a really silly question, but do you think every bow company, every bow company is trying to get there? But Like say a hundred years from now, how do you see that aspect of archery, you know, 20 yard target archery? How do you, how do you envision that going? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I really, I mean, it's a good question. I mean, and, and like I said, the, the guys that have changed the game right now, I mean, Mikey Schlosser, he shot more than one 600 on FIDA tournaments. That's the baby X on a Vegas target for, for everybody. It's a three spot multicolored face and the little tiny X in the middle is what they call a super X. But for the FIDA and world archery stuff, that's the 10. So every time you miss a super X, you lose a point. And they're hitting 59 and 60 of them out of 60 arrows. I mean, 599, 600. Uh, you know, Stephen Hansen's done it this year. They've both shot 599 multiple times. Mikey's shot at least two 600s. And that was unheard of. The world record was 599, and no one ever thought it would be broken. And now it's like, okay, how many more people are going to shoot a 600? It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, what do you do from there? And, I mean, they're controlling their mind game so good that the money's not a factor they're figuring it out and like i'm getting older you know i hope i can still compete and i know i can shoot the 900 and in 12 arrow matches i can beat anybody i know that but consistently for six arrows to never miss that super x that's pretty impressive i don't care (laughs) yeah that is crazy darren do you think if for a guy getting in let's say a new pro 
you know, I, I feel like more pressure is probably on his shoulders. He wants the money. He wants the recognition for his hard work. But say somebody that's won, you know, I don't know, say whatever, 20-plus first place or podium or however, does it almost get easier or does it get harder? Does it get easier because you're not worried about the money as much or does it get harder because you have to like, kind of hold your 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 title? Well, yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah, I can guess. All, that's that's how you answer all those questions because <laughs> I think it's all how to approach it mentally. You know, um, Jesse Broadwater, Levi, Rio, Braden Gellantine. I mean, I could name off guys that have dozens of championships, and I I don't think they're not thinking about winning or losing. They're just thinking about performing. They're out there shooting their shot, doing their thing in their zone. They know how to win. They know how to mash the gas. You know, don't make a mistake because they probably won't make a mistake. You know, right. um, they just they learn they learn to win. I don't think it's uh, and that's the mental aspect. If they're strong enough not to worry about the end result and oh crap, what if I don't win or what if I never win another tournament? That's the negativity coming out. You know, hope I don't miss. They don't think hope I don't miss. They're like I'm going to hit this. You know, Rob Caulfield. I was up at Lancaster a couple of weeks ago, spent an evening with him and his kids shooting. Uh, went to dinner with him, did a video with PJ, and while we were practicing, Rob was talking about uh, how he coaches or communicates with some of his Joad kids, and he said something, and I've been around archery for a long time, but he said something so simple that really resonated with me, and I'll probably never forget it, and I don't mean to steal his thunder, but I, I just like to share it when people give me an opportunity to talk about it. He said, shoot with an exclamation point and not with a question mark. And that is so simple but so true. Don't shoot hoping you're going to hit the middle. Shoot knowing you're going to hit the middle. And that's exactly what you, that's how you have to approach it. That is awesome. Man. I need to write that yeah, down you right better, now. Yeah, you better write that down. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, shoot, with, shoot with an exclamation point. Don't shoot with a question mark. And that's so simple and so true. Yeah, and you you almost have to have that attitude going into here because, I mean, you know, you got – yeah, if you're if you're one of those top guys, you know, like you said, the Jesse Broadwater or the Levi's, you know that people or Darren are, Christian or Berries. Darren Christian Berries. Well, we're talking to him, so I thought we <laughs> did just put him in the you know for break the fourth wall. What? Um, I didn't use that term right, but I'm saying, you know, you got to have that attitude. You know, you go in, you know, people are looking for you, like. You know, I, I'm sure that uh, there's people who got to wear pampers when they shoot next to Darren because they're wetting themselves or so scared. But you know, you got to have that, distract uh, him with some nutter butters or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got to know. Yeah, some guys have that in their tool belt. I know indoors. You know, when um, you know guys go head to head against Rio. You know, if he struggles the first in, I mean, if he shoots a 28 or 29 the first in, and the you know for lack of a better word the, the no name or not so well known person he's shooting against shoots a 30 the first round man the table's a turn holy crap it's mine to lose now and their knees start knocking because they know Rio's coming you know he's gonna he's gonna get you and and that's hard you know so they've got nothing to lose but yeah they have that factor holy crap it's Rio or holy crap it's Jesse and I better not miss and it's a whole new it's a whole new pressure that you put on yourself, and it's all self-inflicted. But it goes back to it's the mental game. It's all about your mental preparation. Absolutely, yeah. That's a. It's it seems so heavy. I love Darren. I love talking about this tournament archery stuff with you. I know last time we broke down like the yardage, um, judging yardage, and uh, mm-hmm. basically like judging yardage is turned into like a lost 
I guess, sport mm-hmm. in that way. And uh, you were t- we got into yeah. detail about that. So if all the listeners want to check out that last episode, it, there's a lot of great information in there. Um, but it got me excited, dude. Like I, you know, every time we talk about it, and you got that bow, and I'm like. I'm really thinking about I want to get a target bow and I want to just shoot uh, you know an ASA shoot or you know an indoor shoot. you know I, it's I intimidating wanted, I want oh, to do it just to be like hey look I experienced I went there I did it I tried I experienced it, it. I, now I was thinking I was going to go in man you know I don't I don't know but you know I'll go in I'll I'll probably win that tournament is how I'm going to go in to look <laughs> I'm like dude I'm going to come I'm yeah. dude I'm be like the Rudy uh, except I won't be playing for Notre Dame no offense to Notre Dame fans but I'd be like the the Rudy that actually uh, played the whole game and was a superstar and got the chick and was homecoming king. That's how I'm going to go into that tournament shoot. <laughs> that's way over my head. <laughs> but that's a perfect mindset. That's how you have to approach it. You know, you you can't go in there doubting it. You know, shooting with a question mark. You go in there shooting with an exclamation point. Okay, just like practice, same distance, same target. I'm going to stick my pin in the middle and I'm going to execute. I'm going to perform. If I start thinking about my score thinking about who's watching uh, you'll fail you know you will mm-hmm. miss in these games now if you miss you can't win um so it's it's all yeah i mean all everything we're talking about can go back to mental preparation strong mental game um you know that's that's is it important oh my gosh is it important in tournament archery the mind game is what separates the men from the boys it, it's so archery so mental it's insane and i i I always thought that, but I'm like, the more we talk, I'm like, it really is. It's the biggest part of it. And kind of transitioning from like target archery tournament side to hunting, Darren, do you find that like that pressure helps you keep your composure more? Say there's like a 160 inch deer underneath you. Do you feel it's easier for you to maintain the focus on your shot? Or do you feel like it's a completely different realm and you still get the buck fever like everybody else? No. And it's the, it's the same feeling. My, I mean, when a big buck walks under me, it's just like shooting my first arrow at Vegas. My, my whole body's amped up and it's like, uh, it's like a whole different charge is running through your system. So you have to stay focused or you just lose control. Um, and, you know, I shot a deer in Kansas, uh, mm-hmm. back in November, uh, on film, on camera. And after I shot it, I was just like, man, I smoked him. And I turned around the camera and I'm like, I think I smoked him. And I sit there and we talked about it for a second and, and the camera guy's like, man, I, I'm pretty sure I got that on film. I said, well, let's roll it back. And we watched the footage back and then I'm talking to Levi back in camp and he's like, so man, how, what was it like? I said, dude, I don't even remember shooting that deer. I mean, I was so focused on what I was doing that I don't even remember. I remember putting my pin on him. And I remember stopping him and looking where I wanted the arrow hit. And next thing you know, I'm like, smoke him. I don't even remember what happened right there. I was so focused on, I was in kill mode, you know. And I was like, <laughs> God, like I blacked out. It's just automatic, you know. Right. So <laughs> I think it's a good thing. Darren, you saying that just put comfort in so many hearts that listen because <laughs> yeah, that if, happens to everyone. Yeah, if one of the best shots in the world has that feeling too, that you know, because when when stuff happens, if you make a bad shot or you miss or this something went wrong, you always think, "Oh, I shoulda, woulda, coulda," and you you kick your yeah. own ass all for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. and you think about it and you dwell on it, and it's just comforting to know that some of the best shots in the world go through the same stuff. No matter how much you practice, these things can happen. So it's kind of like oh, a really God. relatable thing. And in a way, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I was hoping you were going to be like, 
No, yeah, my confidence in archery just makes just bow hunting easy. Bow. <laughs> yeah. It was no problem. He's done. No, because I, I think about it when I'm setting up my hunting bow and I'm preparing to go, and, uh, you know, it would be so much easier to never hunt on camera. You know, no one can ever document your screw-ups or, <laughs> you know, the deer I, the deer I shot this year, I'm going to get crucified when it airs on TV. I know I am, and it's not on purpose, and I didn't, I didn't intend on taking a shot that was unethical or at a bad angle whatsoever. But like I said, I'm focusing on this deer coming to me, and he's like searching for me. He knows I'm there because I've been rattling and grunting to this dude, and he put on the greatest show. And he comes around the tree, and I stop him, and I'm like, right there's the hair I want to hit. And when we watch the footage back, this thing's like facing me. And I'm like, when you see the arrow go by him in slow motion, it almost hits him right in the face. But I absolutely smoke this deer, and he runs 100 yards and falls over dead in the river. You know, and I'm like, man, mm-hmm. and it was just, I was just in that zone. But I think about that when I'm preparing, you know, what if, you know, what if you don't make a good shot? What if you, you know, what if you miss? What if you shoot him right in the face? What if you, I mean, it's, there's just so many things, but that's where you don't think about the negative. You go out there and you shoot with the exclamation point and not the question mark. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and it, it all starts with that, um, man, you know, you got to break down everything. It's like that preparation, but one of the things you do prepare, and I'm curious of what bow you used because there have been four new bows that have come out. There's a weird transition, yeah. but I but like I'm curious what uh, what bow did you shoot him with? And because uh, I want to talk about the the new bows, I actually shot my deer with an option seven. Wow, oh, great bow! Should have been great bow. Option That's six. what Eric's shooting. <laughs> That's what I'm shooting. Yep. <laughs> the ritual, excuse me. The ritual has been in like. We've had, I mean, there was only just a few of them around for photo samples at the time. One or two of our TV shows had them out there really doing it. And then I think either right before right before I went to Kansas or right after is when I found out I was, excuse me, going to Lancaster for uh, the video, the launch video for the ritual. And I called marketing. I said, hey, if I'm going to do these videos, I'd really like to get a bow or get a spec sheet or you know, so I can learn this bow, you know. So I tried to get one. It just didn't work out. So um, I think we're getting some built as we speak. And I, I know we've already done the launch. There's a lot of people asking about this bow. Um, I wish it was in dealer shops right now so people could go experience what this bow's like. But um, I shot mine with an Optus 7, but I will be hunting with a Ritual in 2018. I can guarantee you that. See, that's cool, though. It's uh, it's I like that you did shoot with the Option 7 because it's like, now the ritual is the new thing. Normally, it's like, oh, the guy he already had it before it came out. It's already been out. I like hearing about you know you're shooting the bows that are out that everybody else is shooting at the same time. That's that's cool to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the the new target bows as well, but since we're talking about the ritual, because it's brand new. I mean, this thing got launched last uh, week ago. Yeah, like last week, pretty much, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What? Um, just kind of take the take the show and talk about the ritual and maybe what's new from the option series with this bow and uh, you know what people can expect to look for and enjoy about this bow. Yeah, well, you know, Elite was built on you know shootability. That was their slogan. That's what everybody knew Elite to be. You know, smooth draw cycle. Uh, that had that Elite grip. It had that famous back wall. It had that. Oh my gosh, you have to push it forward to let it down. You know, it just gave people this totally different experience. Um, you know, as 
we grew and as we started listening to our customers, everybody wanted something different. Oh, we want short. Oh, we want fast. Oh, we want we want everything. You know. Well, then you build them a fast bow. Well, then they're mad because it doesn't have a seven inch brake height. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you so can't have everything. Cross stiffer than my synergy. I don't like that. Now you know what? You have to give up something to gain something. That's just that's physics and the geometry of a bow and arrow. You have to give up something to gain something. But as we're developing stuff, you know, I said in the video, we went from the pure, the pulse, the, you know, to the hunter, to the energy series, to the impulse series. Last year, you know, the 7,000 series aluminum, which is more expensive, it takes longer to machine, split limbs, new cams. I mean, it takes a lot of money to build a bow from the ground up, string and everything. So we had a higher price point bow last year, and people were like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. that's too expensive for me. Uh, we love your bows, but eh, maybe not this time. So we had a lot of mixed feedback. We sold a bunch of options. It's a fantastic bow. Shoots great, and it's accurate as crap. I'm a fan of it. And me and Eric are, too. Absolutely. I got the option six. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. So, But if you if you hold these two bows up from across the room and you look at a ritual and an option seven, you're going to be like, what's the difference? You know? Mm-hmm. And you really just you can't tell much. But the grip's better. It's a new cam. Uh, it's efficient as crap, which, you know, we talked about on the video, you know, 88% efficient is as efficient, if not the most efficient bow on the market, meaning every ounce of energy you're putting into it to draw your bow, your arrow is absorbing that energy when it leaves the bow. So you're getting the greatest performance possible out of a bow and arrow. And uh, I think we're looking at something, you know, retail on the bow is, what, 1000 49 maybe map minimum advertised price is which is normal mm-hmm. yeah and i'm pretty sure in areas all over you know map minimum advertised if someone puts it online you're going to see that bow for 949 but i bet if you walk in shops you're going to see it for 899 to 929 for a flagship hunting bow which is probably uh the best hunting bow elite has built i mean that's we're going to be the most we're going to be the most affordable bow hanging on the hook in a shop for a flagship hunting bows this year. See, that's amazing because, you know, our show is brought to you by Elite, and we get a lot of questions. We talk about our Elites a lot, and people ask them, like, man, you ha- if you haven't shot one, you have to shoot one. It's And that's the thing, mm-hmm. like, Doug uh, in the studio was talking about earlier that, was it your cousins were giving you kind of... Yeah, they were, uh, they're like, you guys always talk about, is it really that shootable? I was like, all right. I'll have to bring it over Christmas, and I'll let you shoot it, and you'll decide. But, um, you know, it's definitely the most shootable yeah. bow. Well, I think that Elite, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and but to me, from my perspective, Elite has kind of paved the way in that solid back wheel, back wall feel and comfort- sure. comfortable mm-hmm. shoot- shootability bow. And I feel like more yep. companies are trying to mimic that Elite feel and shootability. And... Elite's kind of the yeah. forefront of that, I, and from my perspective, maybe I'm incorrect. And but if you don't believe us, you can also go to uh, Elite's website, and they have the shootability program. So what you do is like you sign up, you go to your uh, local, you you, say, you type in what your local dealer is, type in which bow you want to try out, and they'll send it to that dealer. Yeah, awesome. yeah. I had a guy met me last night asking me about that, and I probably should know more details on it. But he's like, "What is this shootability challenge thing?" And I'm like, uh, "Do what?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, 
I went on the website and I started looking at it. I'm like, oh, I said, yeah, go to your dealer, man. I said, if you want to shoot an echelon, let him know and, you know, fill out the form. And I guess they'll send one right to the shop so you can try it. He's like, oh, sweet, you know. So he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna go find out what I want to shoot and I'm going to test drive these things. So pretty wow. cool program right there to, you know, if a dealer doesn't want to stock $100,000 worth of bows, man, I get it. But if a guy's interested in one and we're going to send it there for him to test drive, what a cool deal. Right, and it is. I did not know about that before this episode. I honestly did not. I just learned about that, like just right now. That's (laughs) amazing. It's it's something cool. It's it's kind of like guys, you know, take it like this. It's like wine tasting. All right, you know, it. Yeah, you may pay a little a little bit at a wine tasting, but you know, the exception is you buy it. So if you're gonna, if Elite's gonna go out of their way and send you this lovely bow, send send you a sample. Why don't you go ahead and just buy that bow (laughs) and Elite uh, finances too? (laughs) Steve just made a comparison on the working class bow. Hunter podcast to a wine tasting. There is like maybe three percent of our listening base is going. Oh yeah, I've been to a wine tasting. <laughs> yeah, but maybe those three percent got. If, if you're tasting wine, you got uh, you got money to buy an elite because they are the cheapest flagship hunting bow that we just uh, figured that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> most most economical. You can't say cheapest. It's most economical. Oh, most economical. I, I apologize. I was going to say, you just killed it oh, and uh, built it back up there. Oh, Darren brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> but that is really cool because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people, I don't have an elite dealer in my area, and I really want to try one. I get that message a lot. A lot, um, a lot. It, mm-hmm. Now you don't yeah, really, you can try one. I find it hard to believe, too, with social media and access to the whole entire world in the palm of our hand. We still hear stories every day, every week, every month. Elite, who makes that? You know, they don't even know Elite is a boat company. And I take it for granted. I mean, I live in the archery world. That's my life. So if there's a new product, I'm kind of familiar with some of this stuff. You know, and if I'm living out in wherever it might be and my only access to exposure, archery exposure, is my local shop, if he doesn't carry it, I probably don't know about it, you know. So I take for granted that people still don't know bow hunting and archery and all these manufacturers. And, you know, we're not dealing with the same marketing budget that some of these other guys are, so we're probably not as exposed as we would like to be. But each year we progress, we invest more money. And I think we're going to start to educate more and more people about what we have to offer. Right. Yeah, that is true. It, it's like we are, you know, we get to go to the ATA show. We see every bow manufacturer that's out there trying to, you know, every heavy hitter, you know. Yeah. And it yeah. is kind of strange to think that there's people that are unfamiliar with all the companies that are just kind of household names to us. Um yeah. But yeah, social media, it's, you know, everyone has Facebook nowadays. Well, I, I mean, don't, I don't know, not everybody knows. We're kind of in the same boat. You know, we're a smaller company and not a lot of people know about us as a podcast, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean, that's the beautiful thing about the internet and podcasts. Sure. Everyone can locate it. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing, too, is like the shootability challenge. If you're one of those listeners that lives in Timbuktu that has never had the opportunity to shoot an elite or doesn't have a dealer anywhere near you, um, I'll, I'll link that into the description of the podcast and so you can click there and have one sent to the closest dealer to you and give give one a shot absolutely easy, easy. <laughs> give it a shot or take the shootability <laughs> challenge if you the, will. the puns are endless i'm I not know. meaning to do this okay i'm not meaning oh, dude, to do this. Hey, don't worry they do they're they're elite they're top notch <laughs> yeah and 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 i'll be and i'll take it a step ahead of that or a step above that too for people that are listening that are just getting into bow hunting and they have their very first bow whether it be a Pearson, uh, an old XI, a Matthews, a Hoyt, a, a, 
bow tech. It doesn't matter, you know. Go shoot every bow out there. Find out what you like. I would love to see you buy an Elite. I'm going to push you to try to buy an Elite. But, man, if you don't like it and you like something else better, just get into archery. That's the whole point of it. Get into bow hunting. Get into archery. Learn this sport. Learn learn the passion that I have. And I don't care. I'm not going to judge you by whatever manufacturer you're holding in your hand. Just get into this sport. It's phenomenal. Right. And, you know, we've we've loved Elite for a while. And we love the direction that they're going in. And we're super thankful that Elite came on board with us. And, you know, we're, we're working with them. But, you know, what... Um, what Elite's really doing in not only the the hunting world but like the target world, I, I think it's it's going in a very positive direction. We I love it, and Kurt wants to. Before you, I'm trying. I want to butt in before you yeah. get over to target archery. I know, I know. I was just Darren. So the rich the ritual is, and maybe I'm wrong. Is it the only hunting bow that's been released for the year? Uh, the enlist our enlist the uh, oh. price bow. Yeah, yep. we yep. did. We launched it in what July, August, or something. Yep, Larry McCoy so, kill, uh, took it to Africa. We had it, yeah, we had Larry McCoy on a podcast. He talked all about that bow. I that slipped my mind. Yep. The enlist. That's a good yep, bow for the price point. Exactly. That was our. You know, that's a that's a whole customer base. You know, the 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 for lack of a better term, the old regime uh, that was at Elite. You know, they were targeting the top 20% of bow hunters. You know, that's our customer. You know, that's the guy we want. Premium products, premium prices, premium hunters. You know, now we're developing and getting a broader customer base, but having a broader customer base, not everybody could afford to drop $1,000 on their hunting bow. And we were missing a big opportunity there, you know, selling against the old Hoyt Charger packages or you know the mission line from Matthews, the diamond line from Botech. We didn't have the, we did, we weren't even in the conversation. Right. So you know we come out with this enlist, and you know it, it's everything you want. I mean, it's the signature feel of elite. It's a bow that you're not breaking the bank. You're getting in there. Okay, now I'm in love with it. Now I'm a Dodge Ford Chevy guy. I'm brand loyal. My next bow is going to be the Ritual. I mean, we had to get a. We had to get an entry-level bow for people, and I think we broke the ice with that enlist, and I, I hope to see more of that in the future. You know, we don't have to get cheaper, but we have to get, you know, we have to touch a bigger customer base, and that bow allowed us to hit more pocketbook. And, and I do love that because, you know, a lot of working-class people out there bust their ass and don't have the time or what or the money, extra money to apply to the top-of-the-line hunting bow if they're not sure they want to dive right into that. So that's, like you're saying, right. it's a perfect entry for that. And another thing I love about it is, and this is kind of like maybe another mental thing or just a viewpoint thing, is say like the mission or the, uh, I guess Hoyt used to have reflex. It, you were like, oh, I got, it's made by whatever company. And I got, I'm shooting a mission. It's not a Matthews, but it's a mission. Well, it's like, no, I have an elite. It's a name brand elite. Yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? Yep. It's still the, a quality elite bow. It's not hidden under some under name. It's what it is. It's the, it has the elite logo on it, the elite name. It, you know, it's the elite enlist. That, that makes you feel better about it too, because you know you're shooting an yeah. elite product. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes sense or that might just be like my yeah, mindset but, of things, but. No, it, it makes sense. And I'm sure there's some people that, you know, hey, it, it, it's a mission. It's not a Matthews. Well, it's a mission by Matthews. It's made in the same factory. So yeah, it is legit. But there again, you know, if, if a guy has to buy that mission, 
you know, and work his way up to the Matthews, man, he's part of that family. You know, if he's buying this enlist, that's elite, but now he's a part of that elite family. And I'm a Dodge guy, you know. When I go car shopping, the first thing I'm looking at is a Chrysler product. You you know, I love Fords. I love the look of the GMCs. They got some cool-looking trucks, but when it comes down to me spending my money, I'm probably going to buy a Dodge, and that's because I'm just brand loyal and I'm a fan. And there's a lot of that in the archery world, too. You know, people are only going to buy an Elite. People are only going to buy a Matthews. I get it, you know, and, and that's just that's the reality. We deal with that, too. Right, exactly. Um, and then another thing I want to bug you about, I know you're limited on what you can say, um, <laughs> but I got to – Here we go. For oh, the listeners, I got to – I got to poke the bear a little bit, so don't don't get mad and hang do up you, on me. Do you really? <laughs> All right. I, and I love my tempo. I love the – the energy series. Oh, look I know riser. exactly where you're going with this, and I wanted to bring it up too. I absolutely love that look. I love it. That's like to me, that's elite. That's the feel, and that's just. I I went. I traded in a brand new Hoyt Carbon for a Synergy, and people thought I was crazy. I, my Synergy absolutely loved it, and that's why I shot. I'm shooting the tempo this year. Absolutely love it. That look of the bow, yep. that riser style. Is that something that's going to continue with Elite? If you can't say nothing yet, I understand, but i got to ask. I'll be honest. I, I don't know. I know uh, the stuff that we've been coming out with. You know, we have solid limbos, which is that energy, synergy, mm-hmm. uh, tempo, impulse. I mean, all those risers side by side by side. You can look at the different reflexes and know they're different, you know, brace-type bows, but that's our solid limbo look. And now... Our split limbo look, our options and the ritual, um, you know, the revel, uh, the echelon, it's dual cages, it's bigger, wider limb pockets, it's split limbs so we can play with different sides of the cams. I mean, it's kind of two totally different animals, but as far as future, what, what, I mean, the Energy 35 is still in the lineup. What is this? You know, the fourth year, fifth year it's been in there now. I love um, that bow. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, I mean, that's really the bow that kind of put Elite truly on the map. Um, and people, you know, we, we touch base on the video. You know, we get feedback from people on social media or emails. Man, you'll never get my synergy out of my hand, or you'll never get my energy 35, and there's no way you can build a better bow. That's why we're telling people to go shoot the ritual. I think you're going to really, really like the bow. Definitely, definitely. I had to ask that. I just I love the look of those bows, the, the simplicity and the shootability, which is in all elites. I do love all the options and everything, but there's. I think it's because that's what got me to love elite so much, and that I I, I love my tempo, dude. My impulse um, had that same that riser is my favorite riser, and had just such a good look. And not you know because we'll get into it here a little bit, but like I my my thing is like I feel like I have to go buy a victory X because I want a target bow. And I like I want that riser. I I, I think I I thought the revel was cool, and I, I think the the echelons are, are cool looking. But I'm like, dude, I love that riser and that single. Solid another thing, too, so I don't want to go into target archery yet. I got another question. And I, <laughs> no, I know I said I didn't want to go into it, but he's sneaking in. I'm on so it. jacked on this like energy series thing. So, Darren, I don't know. Yeah, I know you can't say much, or maybe you don't know, but I have an idea. I would like to see mo- more bow companies do this. Instead of, I love the new release of the models, but I think it'd be cool to take like the Energy series and bring it back, but revise the same like the like I kind of like the E thirty five or like the Synergy or the E thirty two whatever stays Throwback around models. No, no, not even that. But it's like the the model stays around, but it, it stays around with different color options or whatever, or maybe a different upgrade each year. 
And so if a guy's like, yeah. I love the synergy, my, you know, I've had mine for years. Oh, it'd be cool to get the one with this different <laughs> cam or whatever on it. Right. Um, Throw an energy cam or just energy or something. Yeah, or take the Energy 35 and put the new linear tunable roller system on it. Hey, I've got a 35 with the roller guard now. You know? Yep. uh, Just just little stuff like that you could. But then what happens is, okay, let's build some type of a conversion where all I have to buy is the roller system, and i still got my old 35. So a company has to be aware of, oh, crap, we can't just sell the part. It defeats the purpose of bringing out the whole new bow. Exactly. Mm People are smart. They figure stuff out. But, no, I I, I like that idea because, like you said, you know, the throwback stuff. I love the old stuff. I have, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of old throwback Eastern arrows, and I want to shoot them. But, you know, if I get up there on a tournament and win a tournament with a, a, a dozen arrows that was made in 2002 and they're the old, <laughs> you know, super camo, and the guy's like, man, I want those arrows. Oh, they don't even make those anymore. It doesn't my sponsor's any good. Oh. Yeah, right, right. I was like, what's Easton going to say? Like, dude, what in the hell are you shooting? Did we not just send you a bunch of arrows? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, with me being in sales, I was traveling around, you know, and I'd get to go in some of these shops that have been in business for years, and um, I went by Dre's Archery over in Effingham, Illinois, and I was standing there talking to Jesse one day, and back through his door, there's stacks of arrow boxes, and I'm reading the ends of the boxes, 2216, 2413, 2312, 2315, 2512. And I'm like, you got arrows in all those boxes? He said, dude, it's hard telling what's back there. And I said, well, check and see if there's any 2512s in there. He opened up the box, and it was like a big gold light opened up when that lid came (laughs) off. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I don't remember how many dozen I bought and traded him, but it was like 12 or 13 dozen 2512s I sell store that day and it's the old original game getter greens the the tree bark greens the plans it's just stuff like that really trips my trigger i know i got way off base there but that's i'm an archery fan and that stuff's pretty cool to me that is cool and that's something i always like talking about the older archery stuff even stuff way before my time you know you know, 2013, or no, 2000, I always do that. 2003, 2004, I was 13, 14, 15. That's when I really got into archery when I was, you know, that young. But I like to even see, like, if I'm at a garage sale, first thing I do, if I see hunting stuff, I hop out and look for a bow. I'm like, if there's a bow that's 50 yeah. bucks, I'm just going to buy it to have it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just like old archery gear. It's cool. But Me too. I, I, bought, an, I bought an old Ben Pearson recurve at an auction oh, a month or so ago, and you know, this this guy, the guy that passed away, he was a big hunter and collector and fisherman, and he had all kinds of stuff. And I, I, I regret not buying more just because it was like memorabilia stuff, the old releases. And, I mean, he had so much cool stuff, but I have like a big barnwood wall out there in my range above my workbench and up, or, up through the middle of my deer head I I stuck that recur. I bought that recur for one thing, just for display, you know. So it was just, right. just cool. You know, I like the decoration. So I would love to see photos of your like range man cave area. I think that'd be really cool. I could, I could probably work something out. <laughs> we can, whoa, whoa, what do you mean work something out? What do we got to do for you? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's going it's, south. <laughs> people, it, it's it's weird when you know people. I mean, not that I have anything special, but I've been shooting tournament archery for. Gosh, seven since nineteen ninety one uh is when I started competing and then really started competing in nineteen ninety four and you know, I started picking up sponsors as early as 
1995, six and seven. So I was five years old, Darren. Just let you know. I say I was born in '91. I know, right? I don't really consider myself a hoarder, but you know, this stuff that I've achieved or acquired through work and effort and time, you know, it's not like I'm getting free equipment. Man, I put in a lot of time to earn this stuff. You know, so right. it trophy things. I have so much archery equipment; it is ridiculous. See, that's um, cool. I'm glad you said that, Darren, because that brings up a, like a kind of a point is, you know, we, we work hard to do this podcast. It might not seem like it, but we sure do. So, and, you know, we get some free stuff along the way. And people are like, man, it must be nice. I'm like, man, while you're like kind of going out and doing stuff, I'm editing podcasts and trying to line stuff up and talking to people and working, you know, work it's and work after work. And I'm glad you said that because. You, yeah, with the archer especially, you're like fine tuning your craft. You're not just getting free stuff. You're it's that's a yeah. you committed your life to it. You know. Yeah, yeah. People, I mean, especially in the role I'm in now, because I get I get uh, requests every day. Hey, I want to be a part of your pro staff. Hey, man, what what can you do for me? Hey, man, what do you have to offer me? And I'm like, totally wrong. First question to ask me, totally wrong. Don't come up to me and say. What can you do for me? Man, what can we do together? What do you have to offer us? You know, can we have some type of a partnership? That's what we need. We're not looking just to hand out free equipment because we have a budget for it. We need people out there flying our flag and, you know, promoting our stuff and, and having relationships with our dealers. This is all, this whole industry and these pro shooters and these shooting staffs, it's all about sales, period. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes. It took me a long time to understand that. You know, I had that sense of entitlement, too. Well, by gosh, I won whatever, you know. You owe me. I, I kind of had that attitude at one time. But, man, being in the industry and now in this new role, I have a whole new outlook on it and a whole new appreciation um, for for what happens and how people got there. My, my rookie year as a pro, I like this story because it really sinks in with people. My rookie year as a professional 3D shooter, I finally had accumulated enough days at work where I could take off days because I wanted to shoot for rookie of the year in the ASA. And I traveled around to all the tournaments, and it cost me $11,000 out of my pocket. <laughs> wow. eleven grand, and I won $4,000 that year. Oh, so it was well worth it. <laughs> yeah, it cost me $7,000 to be a professional archer that year. You can't have very many years like that. You weren't married at that time, were you? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> How in the hell did you explain that one? Well, I mean, it was just, uh, it was just, that was who I was. That was part of my life. You know, hey, this is my dream. I'm going to go after Rookie of the Year. And, you know, fortunately, I won it, and it kept me, it kept me engaged. And in 2003, I won the IBO Triple Crown. Well, then Matthews came along. Hey, you know, what can, what can we do together? You know, hey, sweet, you know, and then, I had an 11-year relationship with them and, you know, had some success over the years and was able to establish good relationships with great companies, uh, you know, get their support, get some financing, get some help with entry fees and travel. I would have never have been able to do what I've done in archery if it was not for the manufacturer's support. And I have such a huge appreciation for that, and I understand it because I didn't just dive into a prepaid contract and all my expenses are paid it cost me seven thousand dollars out of my pocket to go and try to be a professional archer the first year and that's a tough pill to swallow man oh, absolutely i love hearing these stories i i do i love hearing all about D- darren you're just so fun to talk to you man like it's motivation i like sit here and like yeah. smile and think while you're talking i'm like i just i, I need i could do like a five hour long podcast just about the mental aspect and you hear your 
your like the stories from your rookie years. That stuff is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I just I love it. Yeah, Take it, it all in. It, and I sit and I sit back and think about it too. You know, I can I can look back on my career. You know, whatever you want to call it, and you know, think of my stories and how I got to where I'm at now. But then I look back at you know like. You know, I hate to name drop all the time, but Levi, Jesse, you know, Rio, Dave Cousins, Braden Gallantine. I mean, holy smokes, what have these guys done in archery? It's ridiculous. You know, ten times what I've accomplished in archery. Um, and it's just it's so impressive to me to, to understand and try to – I know what kind of appreciation I have for it and know how hard I've worked to try to get where I'm at. And then to see someone that's been ten times as, as successful – that I have been, it's just really, it blows me away. You know, I understand what kind of sacrifice they've put in, and I really appreciate what they've done. Just I have a whole different level of appreciation for what these guys that dominate have done in archery. Right. And it's, yeah, I, I see it from the outside, and I'm like, that's, you know, they're the top of the top. You know, they're the best guys. And yeah, I can imagine your point of view on that because you i mean you live that life you know what it's like yeah but but i could beat him yeah <laughs> any day you want to shoot i could beat him i don't know if there's any i would love to in see a one arrow shoot, in a one arrow shoot off guarantee it everybody could be beat but if i had to go up 60 to 100 120 arrows against some of these guys whoo, I, that's a tough hill to climb well, man, it's that, just the pressure man like you said earlier it's there you said there's a you know a thousand guys that can shoot this score but when you put them underneath the the gun or next to someone, or, yeah. yeah, fall apart. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all how you handle it mentally for sure. Well, I want. Can we break down the target bows? We'll switch gears a little bit here. Um, oh, you want to go there now? We'll finally get there <laughs> now. Now I want to start talking about Darren's early days. I got so jacked about the hunting bows <laughs> earlier that I had I didn't want to transition into target bows yet. Well, and <clears throat> dude, I I just uh, I love talking about new bows, dude. It's target like bows are always shiny it's, and pretty, and oh god, I love it. They're beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah, the first one we launched, uh, gosh, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks ago was the Victory X. And, you know, basically what it is, is it's almost a mirror image of a Victory 37. But what they've done is they've reduced the machine time that that riser spins in a machine. You know, it may not have as fancy of curves. It may not have every little corner perfect it's it, it, it is perfect but it's just it spends less time in there which reduced the cost you know so we've put out a new bow called the victory x which is a 37 inch axle to axle bow and that's just exactly what it is it's you know I, I say it's a dumbed down 37 it's really not if you held them up side by side again you can't hardly tell the difference same cams same mods same strings and cables same limbs just a riser that spends a little less time in the machine which makes it more affordable Gotta love that. I like yeah. that. I mean, you don't need to change too much if you know something's good. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then the the Echelon series, which we <laughs> launched uh, mid-November. You know, it's a totally different animal. It's a it's a new riser, dual cages, uh, the same big wide pocket, split limbs, a new cam where you can shoot the traditional elite limb stops. It has a cable stop option for guys that want a little give on the back there has a brand new cable management system that's completely adjustable with an angle pitch and left and right for adjustable tuning there. And these bows, you know, it's a 37-inch axle axle and a 39-inch axle axle, and I can't say enough about them. I've been shooting one for quite some time, and I said even it even makes me look good, and that's what I was doing when Steve texted me a little while ago, you know, asked me if I was 
good to go for the podcast. I was actually out in my range shooting, and I find myself shooting more and more this year because I just find this bow enjoyable to shoot, and I'm shooting it really well. So there again, when I'm shooting good, I want to shoot a lot, and this bow has got me on the range a lot this year. That's awesome. Well, I was uh, I was laughing a little bit in case you guys wonder why I chuckled. We talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast when oh, the bow was when the bow was first released. Uh, it made me realize how many words I've heard but never actually seen on paper. And I look at the <laughs> name of this, and I'm like. Oh man, that's an interesting name, the El Chung. I don't even know what I called it. <laughs> the Elchalon. And the El- and then I like I hear you guys doing the video. They go the Echelon. I go, what? I was like, wait, did they release another boat? And I look, I go, oh, that's how Echelon is spelled. <laughs> it was <laughs> I'd never seen that spelled in my life that I could remember. <laughs> You thought it was something off the Mexican menu, didn't you? <laughs> yep, I was yep. thinking so. I'm like, man, they kind of went in a different direction, didn't they? I'm like, man, do you get a side of beans and rice? Is yeah, that Steve, the string Steve color? Steve ordered that right away. <laughs> Steve, Steve does spend a lot of time in some Mexican restaurants. And I do. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah, no, it's uh, these, these bows, and I mean, the, the, the turnaround time is what's been so good with this, you know. In years past, we're guilty of it. I know a lot of manufacturers are guilty of it. Okay, boom, here's our new flagship target bow. Uh, you'll get one in four months. You know, and that <laughs> wasn't the case this year. We, we launched it in literally like a week to 10 days after we launched, we were shipping bows to consumers and I was shocked. I mean, we're trying to improve those processes and we are becoming more efficient as a company, which is allowing us to deliver better prices and better products to our dealers and our customers. So, you know, when we can do it, when we say we're going to do it, and we do do it, and that's really impressive because when we tell people we want to, we need to do it, you know, we need to have mm-hmm. that credibility and to be able to deliver so they can have a bow for the entire indoor season, man, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I saw how clean that facility was, a couple of, what was it, uh, yesterday? Larry McCoy's ago, video. Larry just ran yeah. through, and I, I was wondering, <laughs> I was like, did Larry, uh, yeah, I was like, orange on. dude, I was like, did he break his neck? And I realized he was probably wearing like a hoodie and put that vest over his hoodie, because it looked like <laughs> yeah. he was walking around with a neck brace. <laughs> looked like a yeah, linebacker. I, I, saw, I saw snippets of that video. I haven't watched it yet, but I saw he was running through there in some orange, and we were on a conference call today when I saw that come through my feet on my phone. I'm like... I need to uh, go back and watch that. I'm glad you got me. I will go watch that tonight. Yeah, he goes. He's like walking by, and he goes by this room. He goes, "Oh wait, hey, you can't see what's in there." And that got me kind of excited. I was like, "Ooh, wonder what else is coming out." <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's some pretty cool machines, and we got some pretty smart people up there that are working on some cool stuff. And we got a new crossbow coming from Camex that's going to be awesome. It's cool. It's fast. It's quiet. Uh, that should be available at the ATA show for everybody to see. Scott has some new releases coming that are awesome. Oh, oh, oh! He piqued my interest. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They didn't cut the hex, did yeah. they? Well, it's still it's, the hex is still there, but if, for the people that are members of the ASA, the Archer Shooters Association, their annual yearbook that they mail out to all the members is delivering like this week, and we have a big Scott ad in there. That surprised me. I, we haven't done the official launch yet, but we have a full page ad on one of the new Scott releases in that book. So, but we got a new hunting release coming. We have some new target releases coming. Um, CBE really didn't have a lot of changes for this year. I think next year you're going to see um, some some changes on the CBE line. Um, just a lot of cool stuff coming. You know, we got we got some smart people in place. We got some guys that are 
coming up with some really cool new toys, and I think you're going to start seeing some new product every few months from TOG. I'm excited yeah. for the releases because I'm a I'm an re- release junkie. Are you excited for the release of the releases? Yeah, I am. The release of the releases. <laughs> Man, the puns keep coming. <laughs> Darren, I just let you know. Yeah. I want we want to pre warn you now, so you can just start to start to mentally prepare, almost in the way you would for a heavy, um, you know, 3D tournament or something. We're all all of us are going to be at ATA uh, this year. Steve will be with us. Hey, and, but I did quit drinking. Uh, Anyways, we'll all be there for the moment. So you just need to be prepared for that, Darren, because uh, we're going to bombard you in the elite booth, and you're just going to be overwhelmed with uh, Steve's going to hug you a lot. I'll just say that. That's good. That's good. I got the uh, I got the itineraries, the uh, ATA passes, uh, the lodging schedule, uh, the layout of the ATA. I got all this information emailed me emailed to me today, and I have my like show schedule. They have me scheduled in the elite booth the whole time during the whole duration of the show. So if you want to find me, I will be in the elite booth. <laughs> He's studying the study of the blueprints. He goes, "All right, I guess Steve's going to be here, so I'm going to. This be over is when here. I'm going to take my lunch. <laughs> the pizza stand. Yeah. That's where Steve's at the whole time. But uh, Darren, thank you so much, man, for coming on again. This is like your fourth time, I think. I don't know, on the show, and I don't know why you come back, but I enjoy it the hell out of it every time you do. Absolutely. No, no, and I'm glad you guys, you know, I I don't know if I have a different perspective, but I have a, I'm just an old redneck. I mean, I've seen kids and people through the years that, and I'm guilty. I mean, I've been starstruck before when I was watching Randy Ulmer shoot and, you know, back in the day. I, I mean, that guy was my idol, and I was just like, oh, Randy Ulmer. I mean, he's just a guy that shoots a bow, and that's what I tell people all the time. Hey, look, whatever, I'm just an old redneck that loves to shoot a bow, um, and I want I want to talk about it. I want to tell people my experiences. I want to let them know it's okay it's okay to fail, but it's okay to succeed too. And it's horrible if you don't go out there and experience this game. Like I said earlier, you don't have to shoot an elite. You don't have to shoot a Hoyt. You don't have to shoot a Matthews. Just get a bow and go shoot. You know, and and figure out that man. It's in my blood. I love it. And you can tell when you walk in my house that my whole life revolves around archery. Every piece of clothing I own, you know, stickers on my truck displays on the wall every peg hook in my basement is full of archery gear i mean it's it's my life and i just i love it and i'm passionate about it and i love to tell stories so people people are they can resonate maybe i just delivered in redneck terms and they understand it (laughs) well you you gave us a chance it was when we first started we didn't have that many episodes in it was almost man we're we've been doing this show for almost three years at the Bone Shed in Ottawa, Illinois. You podcasted with us in person there and gave us a chance, and we took an hour, hour and a half of your time, and you sat down and podcasted with us, and uh, we've been fans ever since, man. That seriously was a big changing point for our show, and we, we really got to thank you for that. No, man, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm flattered that you guys want to keep having me back because I told our marketing guy after I've done, I don't know how many videos up in New York and then did the video with Lancaster for the uh, – ritual launch i said man people are going to get sick of seeing me you know and then i open up the asa book and i see a couple ads in there with me and i said people are really going to get sick of me. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys reaching out and, and letting me share stories and letting me talk about our brands and you know what's going on with pog and things but uh you know more more than anything i just want to you know send that message out to people just go have fun this is this doesn't need to be stressful it doesn't need to be miserable go enjoy it shoot some indoor leagues, shoot some 3D, go shoot a great big buck, and just enjoy archery. It's a blast. 
I love it. Where can people find you, Darren, on social media? Uh, Facebook, Facebook Messenger. I get messages every day from all over the world about bow tuning and arrow setups and, you know, whatever. But Facebook, Facebook Messenger, I'm on pretty much every day. Now, I don't live on there, but I do check it out every day. I don't have a website or anything, but um, any ASA, IBO, or NFA event, I'll probably be at that. Uh, OPA up in Pennsylvania, you know, all the big tournaments were there. Don't be afraid if you ever see me to yank me on, yank on my shirt tail and say, Hey, can we talk for a minute? I'm, I'm glad to talk about stuff. So it's, it's fun and it's cool to, it's cool to give back and share stories. Yeah. When are you going to get on Instagram? I've been, uh, I've always wanted to tag you on stuff on Instagram and I'm just like, man, you got to get one. <laughs> I know. You're, you're, every, I, now. <laughs> you're not the first person that said that. And I'm like, man, I have a tough enough time keeping up with everything on Facebook and Facebook messenger. So I'm like, man, do I really want another social media outlet here to keep up with? But, I've, uh, everybody, I guess that's the hip, that's the hip and up and coming thing is Instagram. It's just photos. That's the beauty of it. Wait, are you on Snapchat yet? I am not on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darren, stay on the phone here for a minute, but I'm looking forward to, to see you at ATA, man. It's, that's going to be such a great time. I'm looking forward to just chatting with everyone, all our friends and everything there. So it, it's going to be know, a damn on. good time. Come by and see us and we'll go shoot the ritual together and look at the new releases and stuff. And, uh, I'll try to answer the question, your questions the best I can, and if I don't know the answer, I'll make something up. So we get the VIP tour, huh? Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, well, we'll close it out. You got anything to add? Yeah, just uh, remember, guys, go to uh, check out EliteArchery.com. If you want to shoot a bow, you know, you got excited about the, the ritual or any of those target bows, dude, go look at that shootability form. You know, they'll get that bow there and... You'll probably end up buying it, man. They're just elite bows are great. I know my option six is shooting awesome, and it's it it it's good to be a part of the team. But man, when you're shooting a bow that shoots that good, you're going to want to shoot more. That's right. So everybody says it gets them. So eliteArchery.com is what I can tell you to do. That's right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Check out Darren online. Darren, good luck to you this uh, archery season, and uh, we love you guys. Go shoot your bow. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.